Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Today is March 12th, Saturday, March 12th, 9.14 a.m. here Central Standard Time. To give you a quick outline of what we're wanting to talk about today, Biden signs the executive order. Now, we posted an episode this past Wednesday talking about the fact sheet, but the official executive order has been released, and we've read that puppy, and we've got some notes. We're going to talk about that. And then we've got to come back to the main thing, right? we got to keep the main thing the main thing, and that is what is money? That's a little bit of our outline here for today. But before we jump into the fun stuff, let's get to this market check here. Griff, what, what are you thinking, man? If, th- this week we had, uh, again, some, some more things happening in the crypto space, in the Bitcoin space, in the digital asset space. What are you thinking here? Let's look at some of these things. Also, 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 before we get started on this, we keep forgetting to say the price for people that are listening. So to start, before we get into that, before we get into Griff's thoughts here, Bitcoin is sitting at right now 38900 and some change. The S&P is sitting at 4200 So let's hop into this here. What are you thinking, Griff? I think the crazier life gets, <clears throat> the saying one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin is going to get more popular. I think <clears throat> that saying becomes really popular every time Bitcoin goes down from like 60 to 40k 40 to 29 or what we've been doing like the past year but one bitcoin is one bitcoin is going to mean a lot more moving forward because if you can tell the prices that we should be looking at are the grocery store bill the gas price the everyday commodities that aren't even really reflected in our cpi reports inflation is rampant so the purchasing power of bitcoin in my opinion is going to go up pretty significantly especially over the next five to ten years so one bitcoin is one bitcoin you just have to keep pricing everything as best you can in bitcoin and realize that over time it's going way down so keep accumulating sats keep letting the world become deflationary for you Um, i think that's a big piece of bitcoin that we don't touch on enough is one bitcoin is one bitcoin has a lot of meaning to it and in the sense that i'd like to just highlight real quickly because everything is so crazy all that matters about bitcoin is its purchasing power nothing else about it really matters it's supposed to be the best form of money in human history so that means at some point in its history you will be able to purchase anything you want with it and if it's the best money in human history the money will actually work for the people So you have money that should be working for you over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. So that's my take on the markets this morning, Nick. I think that one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin is going to become super popular. Uh, That that goes right in. You mentioned there the CPI. Uh, We did actually this past uh, Thursday have the newest CPI numbers come out, inflation numbers for February, year over year February of 2022. Um, jumped up another uh, another little bit here, a couple of points here. It's at 7.9%. We're knocking on 8% inflation's doors. So across all items, we got 7.9. And of course, we can drill down and look at different uh, different elements. But food up 7.9. Energy up another 25.6%. Um, everything that I don't I don't understand why people even look at this all items minus food and energy because people have to use those. I don't know why they have that metric. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't it feel like some of the metrics that they put out, it's, I, and I, when you dig into like the CPI metric itself, and you realize that it's kind of BS, you're like, 
okay so are they lying to us is this just a creative way to lie because what was the number wasn't the eight points set what what was the number officially inflation number eight points i thought it was 8.7 but i might be wrong uh well this one the one that i just had pulled up there was 7.9 across all items okay 7.9 percent inflation but gas prices are up 25 percent okay but housing prices are up what but people's rent i mean i just talked to my buddy in florida luke uh this week and he said that he's moving apartments because his rent went up 650 bucks and he was like i mean it's like i'm gonna pay that much money i might as well try to live somewhere a little bit nice you know i might as well just enter the next category because it's like you know what the hell but these numbers are so fake and i think that we're going to jump right into this executive order that Nick has done a really good job of outlining. So I'm going to let Nick take it from here a little bit, but just keep all of this in your head when we talk about this executive order and CBDCs get brought up and government control gets brought up and money and government, right? A lot of what we talk about is Bitcoin is the separation of money and government and why is that important? And so Nick, uh, what do you think about this executive order that came out? Um, and what do you think is the most important uh, grabs within this document? Because it's not going to directly say Bitcoin. It's not going to directly really say anything. It's pretty political. But what do you think? Yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely interesting. And if you haven't had a chance to read just the quick fact sheet, it's a 10-minute episode from this past Wednesday. Um, that's got kind of the the headlines of what is included in this document. Now, that was done before this exec, executive order was actually released. But um, so it does go into more depth um, on all of these different areas. Um, but here, ju- just, to, just to get started here, I'll read this first sentence from section one. Uh, they, they call it policy. Section one is policy. So it says, advances in digital and distributed ledger technology for financial services have led to dramatic growth in markets for digital assets with profound implications for the protection of consumers, investors, and businesses, including data privacy and security, right? So there's one piece, financial stability and systematic risk. That's a second piece. Crime is the third piece. National security is the fourth. The ability to exercise human rights is the fifth. Financial inclusion and equity is the sixth. And Energy, demand, and climate change is the seventh, which is the last piece. So these are the seven main pieces that they're talking about here in this executive order. And then it breaks it down into much more detail as we we move down through this. So um, one of the highlights here, if you guys are watching on on YouTube, you can uh, kind of follow along with what we're looking at. But this one uh, main highlight here in this first section here is the United States has an interest in responsible financial innovation expanding access to safe and affordable financial services and reducing the cost of domestic and cross-border funds, transfers, and payments, including through the continued modernization of public payment systems. Now, that, that sentence right there in and of itself, I think, is, I think is a good statement. I think that that's a good statement. I think that that's good. Now, the question is, how are they going to go about this, right? How are they going to go about this is really the main question, because I think we can all say, yeah, we want affordable financial services. We want to reduce the cost of domestic and cross-border payments, right? And funds transfers. We want things to be safe, right? We want those things. Yeah, um, but we just want to evaluate it using these seven factors that we deem to be the arbiters on only and exclusively when 
yeah. don't know. It doesn't feel like this presidential, um, what, what is it called? This regime or this administration. Uh, administration. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like, and this is a pretty unbiased opinion because me and Nick are just kind of young guys, really just, even if you want to get into the politics of it all, we're pretty apolitical people. We don't really care about the politics. We care about the money. Seems kind of odd. This administration feels the need to say, oh, climate change, oh, crime, oh, national security, oh, systemic risk. What's been the systemic risk of getting rid of gold-backed dollars? <laughs> having <laughs> exactly extremely right. poor people in America. Like, I yeah. mean, for some people, America is turning into a third world country. Yeah. And for some people who make enough money, it's still the wonderful country that, you know, oh, it's America. But it's not because if everybody can't enjoy it or even have the opportunity to enjoy it in the same way, then the systemic risk is the government's failed us. Yeah. But, but that day, so, hey, I'll let you continue. But that's just kind of, I think that's funny how right out of the gate, it's like they're using climate change as a reason to object to uh, what would be the greatest, Bitcoin is the greatest innovation for money ever. And that's un, that's unarguable because if even the Peter Schiffs of the world would agree to using Bitcoin, that means money is now free, literally free. And the only way that you can get more of it is by mining. And then when mining is over, the only way you can get more of it is by validating transactions. And isn't that, isn't so that amazing? To clarify what you're saying when you say free, you're saying free of control. Is that correct? Yeah. And I mean, unequivocally, that's like, that is, that is an innovation to money because how do you, how do you communicate economic value from A to B or sorry, from A to C, if the B isn't a government, a bank or something like that, we've never, we've never been able to do it because it's really, it's, it's tr a trustless protocol and trust is what our dollar is backed on. We're moving money off of the trust system and into the math and code system which is like you know i mean it's a lot better than our government telling us you know they'd like to review digital assets for national security and climate change like fuck you know <laughs> okay so, so, it's in, so, so you mentioned that right uh so in section two part b um so section two is the objectives of the executive order um so just kind of reading through and taking my own notes about what each section of this is so section a um, they talk about uh, they use three three people or three entities that they're wanting to protect um, protection of first one is consumers. The second is investors and the third is businesses. Right. So that pretty much uh, includes everyone. But it's funny. Right. We're talking about um, the federal government protecting us from what they're actually creating, which is hilarious. So the first sentence of Section two, part B says we must protect United the. We, we must protect United States, the United States, whatever, and global financial stability and mitigate systematic risk. And so my note over here is that they're talking about an, an objective B, it is to protect against systematic risks, which I think is a good thing. We should protect against systematic risks, right? Things that affect everything, the entire thing. Um, obviously, we don't want there to be huge gaps and holes that can create huge risks for everything. But it's laughable that they are creating these issues of inflation that we're actually running from. And they're saying, hey, we're going to protect against this in, in all of these uh, digital assets. Now, I will say, and, and Griff, I know that you agree with this, all the shit coins out there, 
they they this stuff is gonna this stuff is gonna stop a lot of the bullshit that's out there because dude there's so many pump and dump like pon- like straight ponzi schemes in cryptocurrency because it's so new people are taking advantage of it there's there's only there's only one out there that is truly by the people for the people and that's bitcoin um and so it's interesting that in part b they say we're going to protect against systematic risks i just feel that if you're silly enough to put your money in one then you're silly enough then you you know you deserve what you put your money into i don't think that you know i just don't think that there should be an entity regulating it i mean that's fine if they if they really get it right but like isn't that kind of you know that's that's kind of part of the issue they don't always get it right they rarely get it right do you know what i'm saying and then right in this in this sense for crypto assets and and for the digital space right would be ethereum pretty much gone solana gone even the big ones gone tether gone usdc gone all of them because they are a risk to people because none of them, if people really understand digital assets and understand digital money, it's Bitcoin or bust. None of them even makes, none of them even makes sense when yeah. you study Bitcoin enough. That's the problem for a lot of Bitcoiners. They get yelled at, but when you really study it enough, we were all shitcoiners at one point. We were all like, oh, there's a use case for this. Oh, oh it, it does this. Oh, no. It, it <laughs> it pushes Bitcoin further along. Maybe some of them do. I know Ethereum, for example, probably challenged the entire Bitcoin development community to be making it a better uh, form of money, but that's going to happen naturally anyway. So I don't know. You should probably just let people invest into whatever they want to. Right. But uh, if regulation means good things for Bitcoin, then I'm happy because the only thing I don't want is for America to go, no Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is the native money of the internet and the internet, like how you, how some people kind of think about it this way. I think about it this way. The internet is directly competing with not just America as a country, but the internet's also competing with Russia and China. So in this next phase of wherever the world is going, where clearly China and Russia and Iran and some of these countries are getting together and they feel like America is kind of weaker and it's kind of time for them to make a move quite possibly. And then, you know, America's battling back. The internet is quietly over here setting up a life for people where they don't even need a government anymore because they have an economy now. It's called Bitcoin. The internet has its own economy and you can communicate all your information on the internet. So I don't know. I feel like this is an attempt to stop the internet. It's not about stopping Bitcoin. It's about stopping the internet. And then if you know anything about the internet, it's really hard to stop the internet. So, um, you keep rolling on through. I just think it's, I just think it's super interesting in part B where it's, it's like, Oh, we're we're trying, we're trying to help, help people. We're trying to stop the systemic effects. Well, the systemic effects of the internet and Bitcoin will be countries, jurisdictions without central governments anymore, because there's nothing for them to do because Bitcoin's already taken care of it. So now, one of the last statements in that part B, I think, I think does have some truth in it. Um, and that sentence is the new and unique uses and functions that digital assets can facilitate may create additional economic and financial risks requiring an evolution to a regulatory approach that adequately addresses those risks. Now, whenever I say those things, I'm thinking about the shit coins. That makes me think of the shit coins because, look, Shiba Inu. I don't think that there's any use case for that. 
that poses a huge risk for you know all the people that that don't know anything about uh, digital assets or cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin or money. That if 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 you don't have any type of foundational understanding and you're just getting in because you're like, oh, it's just a fun investment to do. That's that's a huge risk for people. Now, I will say that per- there's personal responsibility that has to be uh, taken into account there. Um, but on a larger level, like um, there, there's so many there's so many bad people out there that'll take advantage of others if they can. And I think that this this uh, I don't know if you call it an industry or sector or part of part of the uh, the new economy that's kind of developing. Uh, people are for sure taking advantage of this and taking advantage of people because of it. Would you agree? I- I, I just think that I understand what you're saying. You think like regulation has the ability to kick out some of these projects that are no good. How I more so see it is some of this regulation is going to basically give them an environment to grow. I mean, you know, some of this regulation is going to put some of them on a black market. Some of this regulation is going to put some of it um, into a new world where they kind of got through the regulation and now they're like more of a formidable asset against Bitcoin. So I just kind of think if you let, if you let this space do, you know, kind of just come to its natural formation, uh, I think that Bitcoin would come out on top if there was natural, no regulation. Natural selection of the economy, hundred percent. It's, it's, yeah, it's a free open mean, market economy. Like if, if, uh, Bitcoin's if the not- best product, people just don't understand that they just like people are so I'm telling you, when they look at these digital assets, they don't even they don't understand Satoshi's they don't understand hard money. Um, and that's why I invest in Bitcoin, I would invest in other projects, or whatever, if I actually felt like it was going to be something, I just don't legitimately think they will ever be really much of anything like nothing truly not sovereign money i don't think they're good forms of money so i'm just saying i think that regulation creates a little honey hole for the ones that do make it and it's like why are you even letting anything other than bitcoin make it if you are right if you're going to regulate it you might as well just say nothing but bitcoin but since that's not the case you should just let it be a free and open market and let Bitcoin win on its own because Bitcoin is truly the only, like it's permissionless. There is no theft going on on Bitcoin. Like it's a totally different thing. It's apples to oranges. So Uh, I think, uh, I think another piece too is like a a lot of these, a lot of these shit coin projects can be, um, I think it'd probably be classified as, as securities, as equities, um, as, as stakes in companies, stock in companies, um, and, and I don't, I, I think that that, I think that that's very similar, right? Ethereum is, is kind of similar to that where Ethereum is a company, right? And whenever you buy ether, the, the Ethereum coin, you're buying into uh, a portion of that company, right? And that's a security. That's literally a security. And if it is operating as a security, it should be regulated as a security. There's certain things, uh, there's certain regulation. And, and I, I don't know all those regulations, um, but there are certain regulations that should be in place. Um, and, uh, and I and I think that that's good. So again, you, you got to define like what is the end game for Bitcoin or for Ethereum or for whatever, right? Whatever we're talking about, what is the end game? Because what the end game, the goal is, is going to dictate how you how you see it moving forward in this regulatory space, right? That we're reading. So to keep moving here, to keep the ball moving. So part C, uh, the third piece is um, to limit all. Uh, my note says to limit all the illegal shit. Um, that you know, th- this is like a this is a big one that people love talking about. Oh, you can use it. They can 
they can launder money through through cryptocurrencies the the criminals they can they can launder money they can do this they can do that there's no regulation okay uh i i i get where you're coming from we now know that um that uh, the illegal activity that happens on Bitcoin specifically is like less than one percent. It's like it's like zero. There's there's a significantly more um, illicit activity going on with the U.S. dollar than there is in cryptocurrency. And uh, to specify even that illegal activity, we're talking about like poker games, online poker games. That you know what I'm saying. We're not even talking about like massive drug deals. No, no, no. If you are if you're taking a lot of drug money it's you're it's called cash okay they're taking cash they're taking usd they're not taking bitcoin um so to just throw that out there bitcoin is not um a way for people to do illegal activity it's not a way for you to do things that uh you don't want to be caught doing actually it's the opposite of that it's on an open source public ledger. So if your money is ever tainted, you're so easy to find. It's actually a problem within Bitcoin where Bitcoiners are like, we don't even have enough privacy. It's like a non-private situation. So uh, it's just this whole document, like I understand like this is something that people are excited about because it's like, you know, the more we go through it, the more it's really, they didn't say shit. They're not saying anything. They don't know what to do because it doesn't it doesn't really sound so far through this document and maybe there will be at some point but it just doesn't sound like they understand bitcoin at all when they're going through this document that's probably good for bitcoin to be honest with you but at the same time it's just hilarious because it's like don't couldn't you guys just hire somebody to like teach you what bitcoin is like i don't understand so so they do so they do mention that here a little bit further further down i believe but so one of the questions here that i had on one uh one of the sentences in here the sentence reads growth in decentralized financial ecosystems peer-to-peer payment activity and obscured obscured that's a strange word obscured blockchain ledgers without controls to mitigate Illicit finance could also present additional market and national security risks in the future. So my question to that is the risks to who and the risks to what? What are the risks uh, associated um, with those things? You know, and I'm not I'm not going to say that there's zero risk because um, there are there are certain things that could happen that would not be good for people, right? But but I, I would like them to and and they do mention throughout here at one point. And I don't know exactly where it's at, but they talk about putting a team together. And they're going to go explore and learn and and figure all these things out. And then they're going to come back and they're going to present, hey, this is what we found. Here are some recommendations on this and that. And we'll get down further into the uh, into the CBDC stuff, which is crazy. But here's another one here that I was like, what does this really mean? When digital assets are abused or used in illicit ways or undermine national security, it is in the national interest to take actions to mitigate these illicit finance and national security risks through regulation, oversight, law enforcement action, and, uh, or use of other United States government uh, authorities. I was like, dad, gum, man, that's, that's, that's tough here. So, and, and isn't that interesting? Because I think even some of this, maybe it's not coming at Bitcoin. So let's, t- let's, let me try to not be as offended by this document as it, as it sounds every time that you've read something. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no reason to be defensive here. It does get, it does get a little bit better. It just, we'll see how, how it shakes out, I guess, uh, over the long term. Isn't it funny though, 
because even in that statement they're talking you know what they're talking about is dogecoin shiba yeah. things that pump and dump they're they're talking about uh things that aren't bitcoin that have made yeah. people a lot of money like crypto.com instead of the staple center crypto.com was mostly made on pump and dumps that don't actually have any benefits to society so i yeah. think i understand what they're coming at here <clears throat> it's just funny because they're the ones that printed the money that made it possible they're the ones that basically took all the value out of the u.s dollar so it's really their fault that all of this is happening and you're never obviously going to hear i mean i understand i understand a government's not going to be self-deprecating ever although it would be wise of a presidential candidate to maybe go about it that way because they have screwed the american public but <clears throat> i just think it's funny because even in that statement maybe they're not coming at bitcoin but you're getting mad at people for trying to live in an environment that you created yeah people are just doing what they have they're just doing what they they're like it took a lot of people a long time to catch on and then they're like shit if coinbase just lists it and it's a penny pretty decent chance i could probably 5x my money pretty quick <laughs> why not and yeah. everybody did it and some people got left holding the bag but it's like the fucking when somebody posts an instagram story and says fill my box with your name and give me a hundred dollars and whatever. And it's a pyramid scheme and some people join up with it and some people make money and some people don't. It's mm -hmm. it's just life. And I think that with in this particular scenario, most people got this money to invest from a stimulus check for money they should have never gotten anyway that they printed. So keep going with the document but isn't it's funny because these guys never mention hey by the way we're the ones who played ourselves <laughs> well li listen to this here you'll like this next one here so in part b um after reading this little section here uh the main point of this one is the united states must maintain control of the monetary standard or we won't receive the benefits of that and so here here's the sentence that goes along with that the united states derives listen to this the united states derives significant economic and national security benefits from the central role that the United States dollar and the United States financial institutions and markets play in the global financial system. How about that? That's the absolute truth. Whoever has the top currency has the most value within their, uh, within their economy, and it makes our living standard significantly cheaper than, than it does anywhere else in the world, right? Because our our dollar, right, our U.S. dollar has the most value compared to um, the vast majority of all the other currencies out there. But man, that's but crazy. People, but what people don't understand, what I would challenge even to the United States, what they don't understand about Bitcoin, what even they're missing is that what makes things so expensive are everything in the middle between technology to the end consumer, Everything in the middle is what makes shit expensive in this country at this point. Bitcoin takes out a lot of those intermediaries, therefore making giving us the ability to strengthen the value within the money that we could buy in exchange for goods and services. Because the real point of this whole thing is you have a really strong form of money. Now all of a sudden gas costs 49 cents or it costs what, you know what I'm saying? It costs it went up, it went up 20 cents here in Tulsa just over the past week and a half, I think. Yeah. It's insane because money it, and people don't understand. People will understand Americans will get smart fast when hyperinflation kind of comes in here. They'll get smart fast. They'll realize it's not the gas station. It's not 
the grocery store. It's not that because they're really just setting a dollar price to make a profit. They're, trust me, they're not, they're not making a ton of money on everybody. So I think everybody's going to get really smart here in the next five years. They're going to go, hey, this is about the strength of the money. So why is the U.S. dollar have no economic value? Oh, they printed it a lot <laughs> for everything, for wars, for uh, COVID pandemics, for uh, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, public education. Doesn't matter because all the excise taxes you pay on uh, your cigarettes or your junk food or when you go out to eat, that's paying for those specific industries. The money that they're charging for for increasing our military budget, like doing a lot of these other things, that is what is hurting the dollar. And I just think it's really interesting. Like, it's going to, I think it's going to play out beautifully for a digital asset to come in and go, yeah, well, my digital asset's worth a lot. It's, it's worth a lot. How much, how much can I get for 10 Satoshis here pretty soon? Probably a lot because money should make the world, the world can be deflationary. And this is what I'll, Sorry to round it back into if our government understood that all Bitcoin is trying to do is make the world deflationary because it's giving us the ability to cut out a lot of mediums, which really just hike up the prices, even salespeople in the middle of it are hiking up prices. If you had good enough platforms to sell from A to C and you didn't need B, you know, everybody would do it. But Bitcoin really does take out a lot of the fight, like a lot of the weight that takes out from businesses. So it would really help if they were here to do the right things, which I guess Bitcoin is kind of challenging our government because Bitcoin is saying, here is a free market. Do you want it? And our government is saying, no, they don't want a free market, but you can keep going. Just so it's- in uh, part E here, Um, the first sentence here of this wraps it up pretty good, but it says we must promote access, access to safe and affordable financial services. Uh, And I mentioned it here down in part F as well. Um, And it, it, this one talks about the, to support growth in a safe way, right? It's, it's really interesting that, that they use the words safe in these. So in part E, one sentence here to highlight is, the United States also has an interest in ensuring that that the benefits of financial innovation are enjoyed equitably, right? Meaning fair, equal by everyone, by all Americans, and that any desperate impacts of financial uh, uh, innovation are mitigated. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's fair, right? We've already got something actually though that does that. It's called Bitcoin. Um, part F here. Um, I did not have any highlights in here, but this first sentence says we must support technological advances that promote responsible development. I don't really know what that means and use. Okay. Of digital assets. Okay. Fair enough. Right. They, they want to make sure that things are, are developing responsibly. I, again, I, I think a lot of this stuff points back to the shit coins. So that's, that's kind of the first, that, that, that's, I don't, the first, know. I don't know, man. I don't, I kind of disagree. I don't think it points to the shit coins. Did you see over in the UK? What they did last week, they yeah. banned Bitcoin. They banned Bitcoin ATMs, and and here's my I question: that, I was they, banned, they were running illegally, though. They were running illegally. That wasn't like a straight ban on them. They just weren't re- uh, recognized by the legal entities. And, and I, I don't know, man. I, I, I haven't read a whole lot up on that one. I sound uneducated there, but 
if they can ban Bitcoin ATMs, if you do take that headline for what it for what it could potentially be, yeah, <clears throat> I ask you this: if there was some gold ATM where you could throw your dollars in there and it gave you gold, like it gave it to you, because that's what a Bitcoin ATM can do. It give it is yours because it can go directly to a hard wallet, so it's yours. It's like as if you go to an ATM machine and it gives you gold bars back. You're like, hell yeah. Like this is what I'd rather do this. And if we could, that would be a better, people don't understand that would, society would run better with a harder form of money like that. And honestly, with where people understand, you know, still caring about tangible assets, uh, most societies being a little bit older, um, you know, that's probably what they would rat, like gold would make more sense to them right now. But when people really understand that Bitcoin is the hardest form of money, even harder than gold, if there was a Bitcoin ATM down the corner of your street, they, they might end up banning them because uh, that they might not deem it safe because guess what? The dollar it's would not be safe for them, for their right. dollar. The dollar where people would go yeah. unbanked. They can't control unbanked. Yeah, that's what. So I don't like that's where I'm not seeing it as shitcoin. I'm seeing it as like UK can kind of like ban these Bitcoin ATMs. You know, back in uh, executive order, when when they took away everybody's gold and paid them basically like pennies on the dollar for their gold and said, you can't own gold anymore. Give it to the government. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin, people understand they're afraid of the safe development or growth of Bitcoin because there's nothing they can do because they can't take it from you like they took gold. They can't threaten your life with imprisonment because there's the only way that they can find out it's you is if you're dumb enough to let them if you don't understand it. So it's part, D. it's part D right here. The United States must maintain control of the monetary standard. 100%. See, and I just don't trust them because I don't think it's just shit coins. I think that they just don't understand what they're up against yet. And the yeah. moment that they really understand what Bitcoin is here to do, especially when you take it as far as Bitcoin is here to bolster our energy grid is here to help the world environmentally. Yeah. Um, they're dude they're they're gonna try and ban the hell out of it they're gonna be like no 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 so i think this might just be setting up for that because they're gonna be like hey look at our executive order it clearly states what we didn't want from a digital asset and there are things that are already in here that technically speaking from their point of view bitcoin is infringing upon so it is leaving the door open for them to close it on bitcoin and i just think it's bs because why would we, why are we even, why do we even care what these people say? It's our economy. It's our life, but we can continue on. So in section three here, this executive order, it's titled coordination and it lists, you know, the, the huge, the huge list of all the different uh, entities that will be involved in this whole thing. And I'm not going to go through all that. It's this agency and that agency and this council and yada, yada, yada. So we'll skip over that piece here. Now, section four, is something that I really, really want to lean into because this shit is scary. So section four is titled policy and actions related to United States central bank digital currencies. So they're, they're, throughout the rest of this, they're going to they're gonna call central bank digital currencies CBDCs, right? Um, now, this, one, this one's a little scary here. So before, before we get into to kind of talking about this, I want to hit on some of the main pieces here of, uh, of what it's talking about. So in uh, part one of part A of section four, it says, um, my administration places the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options 
of a United States CBDC. Okay, so there's part one. Part two says, my administration sees merit in showcasing United States leadership and uh, uh, part uh, participation, sorry, in international fora, I'm not sure what fora means, related to CBDCs and in multi-country conversations and pilot projects involving CBDCs. Part three says the United States CBDC may have the potential to support efficient and low-cost transactions that 100%, 100% would, uh, particularly for cross-border tr funds transfers and payments to foster greater access to the financial system with fewer of the risks uh, posed by private sector administered di digital assets. Again, I see a lot of pointing towards um, the, the shit coins here, but so, so let's break this down here a little bit. So let me just, just follow me down this little rabbit hole real quick, Griff. So right now, it, it's this is so it's, scary. Can I just say how scary? Every, it, it's I, so I'm scary. so shocked, dude. I'm so confused. Maybe we're the only ones that have really read this in depth, but I haven't seen on the Bitcoin community enough uproar about this document. I mean, this is really kind of scary. It's it, like, it Listen to this. Follow, follow me down this little hole here. Now, I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is some tinfoil hat type shit here. But I, I was thinking about this with uh, with one of the guys at the office who hopefully we'll have on here soon. Follow me down this little hole. If the government, the federal government and the Fed, they want to control money so that they can continue spending money, doing what they want to do, they want to operate with that modern monetary theory. If they want to do that, but they want to do it more efficiently, how could they do that? Okay, well, what if, what if, what if, what if they could take advantage of all the benefits of a digital, a digital asset or digital currency in that it can be peer-to-peer, -peer, right? We can take advantage of uh, using, using blockchain technology, and they actually don't specifically mention using exactly blockchain technology for this central bank digital currency. But what if they could take advantage of the instantaneous settlement of the funds, right? And they can, they can eliminate the SWIFT system. Now, also the SWIFT system is just a messaging system. That's not actually the, the funds being transferred, right? But what if they could make it a, much more efficient and they were able to track who owns what wallets and how much money they've got in each of those wallets? And what if they utilized, uh, what if they did utilize a blockchain uh, technology type system to verify all of these transactions? But instead of using a proof of work system where everybody gets a chance, they use a proof of stake system and they always maintain the largest amount of, of the currency in, let's call it the Fed's ledger, right? Or in the Fed's wallet so that the Fed verifies all the transactions, right? Um, and, and so they've got control there still. They, so then the Fed would still have control over the monetary policy, right? The supply and the interest rates, uh, it would still operate very similar to the system that we've got today, but it's more efficient and they've got more control, right? What the hell is going on? Let's, let's look at a couple of these, um, let's look at a couple of these uh, highlights here. So support the continued centrality of the United States within the international financial system. The centrality, continued centrality. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Look, so, so my note here is these fucks don't get it. Money cannot be controlled. That's why we're in the issue that we're in right now. Yeah, keep reading through, keep reading through the rest of this so that we can, so that we can really yeah. 
So about. to continue this now, they go through and they, they add this within 180 days of, of the date of this order. So, so basically what they're setting out here is they're saying, hey, we're going to give these people, right? They mentioned the secretary of the treasury in, uh, in consultation with the secretary of the state. And they mentioned all these other peoples. We're going to give you 180 days from the date of this order to give us this information. And they go down, they list it all. So this first part B here shall submit to the president a report on the future of money and the payment systems, including the conditions that drive broad adoption of digital assets, the extent to which technological innovation may influence these outcomes and the implications for the United States financial system the modernization of and changes to payment systems, economic growth, financial inclusion, and national security. Now, so my note here is looking forward to that. I I will really be interested in seeing what they come up with these things, right? Um, So again, to to reiterate what I said previously, this group that they mentioned above, they've got 180 days to come up with all the answers to that. Um, and so it says this report shall be coordinated, yada, 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 with this thing. So based on the potential United States CBDC design options. So they're going to come up with design options for this central bank digital currency. Um, and, and they're saying that this report needs to include the analysis of here. So it gives us uh, seven pieces here. So the first part is the potential implications of the United States CBDC based on the possible design choices for national interests including implications for economic growth and stability. Okay, there's part one. Part two, the potential implications of a United States CBDC might have on financial inclusion. Okay, so we want to include it. So what implications is that going to have? Okay, we want to include everybody. Part three says the potential relationship between CBDC and private sector administered digital assets. So if if the United States creates a, a central bank digital currency, what what impact is this going to have on all of the privately administered or issued digital currencies? So that is a good question. I, I would be interested to know what that is. Uh, the fourth part here says the future of sovereign and privately produced money globally and implications for our financial system and democracy. I think that's a fair question, right? What are the implications of that? Um, part five is the extent to which foreign CBDCs, which we know that China has actually already moved to a system that's something like a CBDC. So to the the extent to which foreign CBDCs could displace existing currencies and alter the payment system in ways that could undermine the United States financial centrality. So so again, there's there's this huge focus on staying the central power. Um, And then uh, part six here, the potential implications for national security and financial crime, including an analysis of illicit financing risks, sanction risks, other law enforcement and national security interests, and implications for human rights. And finally, part seven here, an assessment of the effects that the growth of foreign CBDCs may have on the United States interests generally. Dude, that, that's, so that's a lot to break down there. So this is, uh, again, kind of leads into um, what, what well, is- initial reaction, good or bad. I mean, like, this is how much more of this document do we have left right here? Is that pretty much uh, the extent of this executive order? Or is there even, I mean, are we talking about anything? We, it's wow, it continues. If it keeps going, it keeps going. Uh, there's, there's a, there, dude, this thing is packed. It is packed with information. So 
you know, I, I don't, I don't want to speculate too, I don't want to speculate too, too much on exactly what this means, but also to, to come back here, to come back. All, all that this is saying is that all, all of those things that we mentioned there, those, all those seven parts, it's saying that um, they want a report done in 180 days that will show what all of these things are. Now, they're not talking about taking any action at this point. They're saying well, we, right. want see, we want to see a report on, on what this stuff looks like. So let's yeah, keep but, going. I mean, he's the president of the United States. So doesn't that, I mean, like, and he issued an executive order. So that typically means something's going to get done. Dude, and that, that's um, what my notes are here. So listen to this, part C, it says uh, to develop a strategic plan for Federal Reserve and broader United States government action as appropriate that evaluates the necessary steps and requirements for the potential implementation and launch of a United States CBDC. So, so then, so with that report, they're going to put together a, a plan to actually launch this thing, which is like, okay, so they're launching this deal. And then just below that, it says enhance or impede the ability of monetary policy to function effectively as a critical macroeconomic stabilization tool. Again, they're trying to control it, right? So my note here is if the government can pull this off, it would be the most important thing they've done to maintain control and power. And freaking, I don't know how long, dude, if they could pull this off, they would have so much power because they can see everything. They can verify what they want to verify, not everything, right? But what they want to verify. And if they can still maintain control of monetary policy and the supply of, uh, of money, interest rates, all that stuff. Dude, that is huge for an authoritarian government. If they can pull this off, dude, it'll be freaking crazy. Yeah, so here's, I mean, it'd be incredible for them. And here's the thing. Not good for us. But here's really here's the thing. Government. And I'm just thinking from like, uh, I'm just thinking out loud here. As people, we're all just working out here on this planet and you know if you're given the option to do something that really helps improve life the quality of life for everybody most people would be like yeah let's let's do that we want to make this the best possible place for everybody you know if everybody could have everything they ever wanted like you know everybody would be like sure why not so we're all going towards a utopian society everybody's like we'd love that but if you look at history, it would show you that we can't get to a utopian society with the government. Otherwise, we would do a socialist society. Otherwise, we would give them control of pretty much everything because it's much easier for a small group of people to make decisions than 360 million people at once. You know, I mean, so I understand where central powers feel that they can affect so much change so quickly. Well, they can, but what people are not understanding about Bitcoin is that this is the very first time in human history, in human history, it's as easy to communicate uh, with the world economically, um, which really means politically as well. This is the first time we can communicate politically and everybody can have a voice with just a note on your computer. And that's like, I, I just think people aren't seeing that side of it. We can now, we've never had this ability before. We can now work with each other to get to that utopian society. We all, we all have different views on what it is, but we can get there. And there's typical baseline things I think that everybody can agree upon. We can get there now without 
a government. And But what these guys are saying is, hey, now with digital assets, we can get to the government's idea of a utopian society much faster. But they're right. It's not that they're wrong. These digital assets, this is a huge innovation. This is a huge thing, whether it ends up being Bitcoin or not. That's what people need to understand right now. You can't support uh, anything other than Bitcoin because none of them are free. Dogecoin, maybe. I mean, shit, that's why I don't really hate on Doge too much because, I, you know, from what I understand about it, it's just kind of like Bitcoin. It's a commodity on the internet, at least. But the, you, you get where I'm going with this. Yeah. That is really why we can't trust the CBDC on, on the biggest scale. You can take, we can go into different examples of why it might be bad to start a CBDC. Do you guys want a social credit score system to where if you jaywalked a couple times, all of a sudden you can't get as good of a loan on your house? Okay, so we can agree that giving them that much control over the financials and a central authority is not good because we've already seen seen that power get exerted to an extent in other countries and even here. F- 1971 and now, what are we what are we talking about? So <laughs> I think that's what people don't understand is that we would all like to get to that utopian society and people would like roads to get built, right? People want great roads, but we've never had the opportunity to build roads without a central authority until right now. So that's why I implore, and that's why we have this podcast. Yeah. Understand as a society, we can now build roads. We can now build hospitals. We can now change the world from an economic standpoint, which really, if you understand the world, that's everything. We can change the world from an economic standpoint without a central authority now. First time ever in human history, you can be a part of it. Learn to code, learn to, learn to be a part of it. And you can and we don't need a government anymore. But what the government is saying directly in this document, in my opinion, is a direct threat to the freedom of the world. Because you, you, everybody knows those people. There are people in this world that would love to have power over you. There are, are people who take their talent and ability and go, how do I control other people? And we're at a point in the world where there are clearly some in society that think they know what's best for everybody else. And Quite honestly, if you believe in freedom on either side of that political equation, LGBTQ, BLM, and the most conservative right human being, it doesn't really matter. We want freedom. And freedom is not what we just read in that executive order. So I just wanted to, that's my closing thoughts for the day. I think we we should probably read even the second half of it because it doesn't seem like anybody's deep dove that enough. That is, I feel like that's an assault on the free people of this world and it should really just go and show you uh you think that they do a lot now <laughs> yeah i mean like, like they're, they're right that can really speed them up controlling your ass 100 100 but bitcoin bitcoin is the world that is protecting you from that and so if you're getting mad at a maxi out there or somebody who won't stop talking about bitcoin i politely tell you to shut up because <laughs> at least they're trying to help I mean, because we all just want to be free, but at the same time, we want to be free with a high quality of life. And now we can get to the highest possible quality of life while being the most free we've ever been. Yeah. I say we shoot for that. I, I say that's what we go for, but that's just me. Yeah. So to, to wrap this up here and to reel things back in, right? When we, when we talk about money, 
Um, we're not talking about dollars. We're not talking about Bitcoin. We're not talking about any, we're not talking about gold. We're not talking about great British pounds. We're talking about what the underlying value of money is supposed to be. And that is a medium of exchange, a store of value and unit Purchasing of exchange. power. It, things is, that matter. it is the time and labor that create the economic value in the market. And money is what represents that. That's what we use because We'll get we'll get into some of this stuff here a little bit later. But when we're talking about money, we're not talking about dollars. We're not talking about you know buying a car, right? We're talking about what money represents. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, come check us out. We are on uh, Twitter. We're on YouTube. If you guys are not watching on YouTube right now, come check us out on YouTube. We record all of our stuff and, and upload it onto YouTube. So things like today where we're going through and we've got the uh, we've got this executive order pulled up. You guys can follow along with us. Um, hit us on Twitter. Um, another thing too, shoot us your questions. You know, if you're not a Bitcoin maximalist quite yet, um, if you don't quite fully believe, shoot us the questions. Like why, why not? Why do you not believe? Um, we'd love to address some of those things and talk about some of those things with you guys. Um, but yeah, come hit us on Twitter. Um, we post fun stuff. Here is that, uh, the, the prices of gas here I was telling you about. Um, just, uh, when was this post from? Let's see. This was from. Can I give a quick shout out at the end of this podcast for me as well. I I get on here and give some pretty hot takes because I've done a lot of studying of Bitcoin, as Nick could probably tell you. If you look at my Spotify or whatever, I'm a listener and a visual learner, so I've probably watched and listened to probably a good couple thousand hours worth of content at this point from every source. Nick is the one who's been doing the deep dives on these documents and really going through them and doing this stuff. So. And I honestly, Nick, thank you. But like the people who listen to this, I know it's not that many yet, but like they should thank you because going deep diving a document like that, not a lot of people will do. And I think uh, when we really got into it there, you even were after maybe the second, this is like second or third time you've read it, you're like, yeah, I thought that wasn't as bad, but I'm like, no, that's like, that's not good. Like, I don't feel like that was good at all. And I'm glad that we went through it like that. I'm, I think it was really good. So yeah, and we'll, we'll have to finish up. We'll have to go through the rest of that at some point too and, and give everybody else the rest of the breakdown. Maybe we can hit that, uh, I don't know, maybe not not next weekend because Griff is going to be, uh, uh, he's going to be hosting the show next week all by himself. He may have a guest on, I'm not sure. Griff, that's up to Griff there. So, uh, but hey, Appreciate you guys listening to another episode. We're going to do another full deep dive in the rest of that document at some point. Don't worry, it's coming. Uh, But we appreciate it, and we will see you next time. Peace.